0: Welcome to The Paleo View. I'm Stacey Toth, bestselling author and co-creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real life solutions for families seeking health. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times
1: bestselling author and creator of ThePaleoMom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics.
0: I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Listeners, we told you we'd be back. And look, I'm even saying hello to you first. Is this, this twice is, this, in a row? Like,
1: I think this is three times in a row. This is like, it's the new thing. I, like, the new- I like them. Listen, I know, I do too.
0: It's taken a lot of shows to get to this N- nearly point. Nearly five years worth of shows. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure. And we get scolded by Matt all the time for having really bad math on episodes. But I'm pretty sure that this is episode 249. We will hit 250 episodes next week, people.
1: Do you know what's amazing to me about that? It, okay, so first of all, that's like a really big number. It means we had I, we, we had apparently some things to say. <laughs> um, but we've also never missed a week. So it's like 250 straight weeks of podcasting.
0: I mean, it's a long time. We've talked about things that we haven't been committed to for as long as that. And (laughs) here we are back again, much to your delight or chagrin, who knows, if it's your chagrin <laughs> I'm not quite sure why you're still if, listening.
1: Yeah, presumably if someone's chagrined to hear that we're still on, they're they're not they can just hit the unsubscribe on iTunes button and never hear from us again.
0: Okay, can I tell you this this story that happened to me and this is this is totally an experience that I think we all have, but I think that this is related to that comment. This has absolutely nothing to do with the show. It's, it's completely off topic, taking us back to our original days. So I was in line at the grocery store the other day and, um, all of the lines were really wrong, uh, long. And I asked Finn to run and get one more item. That was like in a place where I could still see him. And, He was carrying the little arm cart thingamabob. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so he came back as it was time for us to put the stuff in the cart. We didn't hold up the line. We didn't ruin anything for anybody. And this guy, two people behind us in the line, started freaking out. And he was like, if I would have known that you were in line, I wouldn't have gotten in line. (laughs) It's like when I was standing here the whole time, like I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, this is – it's not – you weren't holding
1: space for an extra person who was going to right. go through the checkout after you. No, no, you. no. It was just It was just your me. kid running to get one more thing. Yeah, just me. Clearly belonging to you.
0: Yep. Anyway, so I could tell that it was going in like a really aggressive sort of manner. And I had this like moment of like – I don't know, enlightenment come upon me or I just was like, wow, this guy's life is really miserable. Like this, you know, like being in a grocery store line is so awful to him that he is going to publicly pick a fight with someone who has a small child with them, like about a few grocery items and being in line. And so I just, I want to encourage us all. And how I responded to him is because he was super aggressive and he wouldn't let it go. Even after I wasn't responding, like he just kept on and he was like leaning over the person that was between us. And I could tell that person was really uncomfortable. And so I just looked at him and I was like, I'm really sorry that you're having such a bad day. This has impacted you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like I just kept putting my stuff on the belt and then I turned around and faced the cashier and didn't like move forward. Um, And that was the first time that I've said, I'm sorry, intentionally in a while. I've had this like pact with myself to try to use different words other than I'm sorry, because I felt like um, everyone around me is using it too much and I was as well. And so um, I like thoughtfully and intentionally used the word and it was really interesting to see that exchange. So my point to that whole story is that that exchange really reminded me that if you're actively listening to something that you're not enjoying (laughs) it's not a good life choice it's not helping you uh be positive in your life so you can just remove it not that we want you to go we 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 hope that you like us we like you um but if it's not working out no hard feelings it's okay
1: the other perfectly acceptable option cuz the show notes always have timestamps in them for mm. our discussions if you like when we answer questions and you don't like when we have our little personal chit chat at the beginning of the shows you just fast forward through it it's fine our feelings aren't hurt i mean our feelings are a little bit hurt but mostly we're okay we're 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 grown ups we can take it so
0: yeah we don't we don't chit chat too much anymore so but we understand
1: that's true. We don't chit chat as much as we used to. Um, mostly, I think, because we're we're, we're both uh, going through crazy times.
0: Crazy time.
1: Uh, can I tell you about my crazy time?
0: I want to hear all about it.
1: So Friday evening at five minutes to six, I turned in the rest of paleo principles. Woohoo! And I had uh, I had, had a phone call with my publisher and then I had a long ex- uh, email exchange with my um, editor. And because I've been turning it in, um, you know, this was one of the like, it's another beast of a book. It's actually going to be substantially longer than Paleo Approach, if you can imagine. Um, and so it was one of the things that we strategized right from the beginning was like, okay, how, how are we going to – edit and design this book because it's so big. So what I've been doing for the last, I want to say like four or five months is turning in a chapter at a time as I finish it. So I had most of the book drafted and then over the last five or six months, I've been going through the draft and polishing and adding where needed and like outlining infographics and things like that. So I've been turning in a chapter at a time as as I wrap them up. So they've been editing the book while I've been finishing writing it. Um, so what's great is I got edits today, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I turned it in Friday and it was like, yeah, you know, early next week, we'll, they know I'm going to Paleo FX and I'm not going to get to it for a week, but, um, there, they have most of the books already edited. Apparently there's designs already for me to look at. So there's, you know, what we've done is instead of, I think what's more typical is to kind of do things very linearly. So author writes book. <laughs> Book gets submitted to editor, editor edits book, author goes through edits, book goes to design team, design team designs book, author approves designs, then copy editing and then all the little minutia. And this is sort of this like even the copy editors already been in the book. So there's um, it's sort of have. It's a lot more multitasky, so there's a lot of different hands all doing different pieces of the book all at once. Um, but the good news is um, that it's, you know, completely on track. Um, so we go to print at the end of July. So I'm up for, you know, two and a half pretty intense months. Um, but then it, the release date September 5th, and that's going to happen. So, um, I wasn't sure because I didn't, you know, it's, it's sort of been a black box. I've been turning in chapter at a time and they have been not bothering me and not giving me edits because they wanted me to finish the book first. So, um, I was like, boy, I really hope they're doing something with all this material as I turn it in. And it turns out, yep, they were. So,
0: um,
1: so it's <laughs> well, good.
0: Think, so I think the important part for the listeners is, you know, how, you are really striving and working towards getting them the the product by the time that was anticipated. Um, and it sounds like that's, that's on task, which is super exciting for, for everybody. Cause I am, um, well, I'm really interested in the audio, which probably won't be ready from day one, but nevertheless, we all, <sighs> we're want, hope, we we're all want it in our hands.
1: So um, the plan is that basically as soon as the book goes to the printer, there's about five to six weeks. One of the great things about um, our publisher is that books are printed domestically. So there's a really short time Time turnaround between when the books go to print and when they can be stocked in warehouses. So compared to, you know, the big publishers that that print in China, there's like six to eight months between when the book is actually done and submitted to the printer before it's actually in bookstores. And because Victor Belt prints domestically, we we have this really really short turnaround time. Um, but the plan is to basically go straight from that to. Uh, recording the audio, it's going to be, I I think we were talking about this last week in the show, it's going to be an abridged version. So like, I'm not going to be reading out 233 recipes, weirdly. Um, And that was sort
0: of a decision. I appreciate that.
1: Right. Well, I I think we all, you know, we had this conversation um, about the audiobook. And I just said, I I don't think that um, uh, audiobook recipes is a very useful format for following A recipe, Um, and then there's various like tables of right like here's the nutrients and nuts, and I have you know recommended daily allowance tables and stuff like that. So there's there's various places of just information in tabular form, and I'm like I don't think that reading that also is a thing that's going to help people. So what we're doing is we're basically calling it an abridged audiobook. It's still going to be. The vast majority of the main narrative, um, but we get to cut out um, tables and you know long strings of just me reading numbers and and not you know and cutting out the recipes to make it really flow so it is you know a, hopefully a pleasant audiobook to to listen to. Um, I'll have to figure out how to stay energetic for eight-hour recording sessions, but um, but yeah so. That I don't know how long it takes to edit when it's once it's recorded and how long right formatting and stuff like that takes, but I'm cautiously optimistic. I think the plan right now is to be able to have that ready for the release date.
0: Well, that's sooner than I expected. that's awesome
1: yeah, so i mean i i this will be my first audiobook, so it's my fourth book, I feel like. Ah, I'm old hat at this whole writing a book thing, although they're all hard. I don't, I don't know why I think it's going to get easier. Um, but this is my first audiobook, so that's going to be the big learning curve for me this time, and is just understanding. I mean, I've done, um, I've done some, uh, you know, recording studio recordings type stuff before. I did some of that for filming um, the Paleobites television pilot. So that whole part of it I sort of I have a fairly good sense of how that looks and how that's going to go. Um, but in terms of I mean how how carefully things are edited, how how good do I have to be when I read? That's my big question. I don't actually know the answer to that yet. But uh we'll see. We'll see. So that'll be that'll be my fun new thing that I get to learn on this one.
0: Sweet. Well, we do have a topic for this week, which we've postponed like a bajillion times. So I'm excited to actually talk about it. This is a question that
1: we have nearly centered our show around several times, and it's been bumped for various things a few times now. Um we don't have a your magical
0: segue for this, do we? That's that was my best attempt. At was your segway? best attempt at Um, That was pretty much – Thanks for making me feel real good
1: about it. uh, Sorry. I just – I rely on you and your segues. I
0: thought it took us
1: to where we needed to be. You did. You did. You did. You just didn't take our audience. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we've had this question for a while um, and I – one of the things that I like about this question and it's been one that we've been meaning to to tackle is there's sort of two elements to this question. Um, So this is from – um, a, a mother who is sort of struggling with one of her kids having eczema. Um, and one of the things that I, I really like about this question is that there's part of this question that is sort of like the technical, right? How do you actually treat eczema? And then part of it, it's like, how do you get a kid to make choices that are healing choices? Um, and so I, I feel like we can, we can tackle this question from both sides. So maybe I should just read the question and we can get on with it.
0: I think it's also a good bridge from last week's episode for those who, you know, are reading in a linear fashion.
1: Listening. They're not actually reading us.
0: Yes. That's good. Yep. Stacy's unique. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So our listener writes, I'm a mom of four boys, two of whom have eczema. My 11-year-old is really struggling lately. He has had eczema for years, but it is getting worse. He has discoloration on his arms due to the eczema and since July has had recurring skin infections. The doctors, pediatrician and dermatologist have no other suggestions besides creams and oral antibiotics. I asked about tips for trying an elimination diet or further testing for food sensitivities. and was told that diet doesn't make much of a difference, which I don't believe. Do you have suggestions on how to proceed? Should we start with an elimination diet, paleo, or should we have further medical testings or testing for food sensitivities? He had basic allergy testing a few years ago, and that was negative. We use natural skincare and cleaning products. He also has a history of being on antibiotics quite a bit in the past, frequent ear infections and ear tubes as an infant, then eight or more bouts of strep throat about four years ago. He has been on oral antibiotics three times since July for the skin infection, and another time we waited to fill a prescription and just use a prescription antibiotic ointment, and that helped for the most part. I hate for him to be on antibiotics again, but he showed me tonight that he has some spots and that are severe and look infected again. I'm desperate for some advice. I'm working on going paleo myself, but I'm not 100% at this time. Any suggestions on how to help the family get on board? I recently found your podcast and keep hearing about the Paleo Family Toolkit, but it seems that isn't available anymore. Any tips would be appreciated. Thanks.
0: So, my heart hurt for that kid as we read off the number of issues that um, has been ailing him. Um, I would say that um, I myself have a son who has eczema, first of all, fist bumps to um, a family of boys. Um, but I think first and foremost, you know, my, my recommendation would be, um, to approach it together. So I think, um, my children really appreciate when we say we're going to do something together as a family and we've done things like, um, what we call a junk food reset, which is kind of like our family's version of a cross between a whole 30 and a 21 day sugar detox, um, or what looks like either phase two or phase three in real life paleo, um, where we stick to clean eating for um, a committed period of time between us as a family. And we say what, what we're going to do. And in the case of you know eczema, I would recommend, um, and I'm sure Sarah can talk about the science of it, a couple of additional um, removals from the... Um, Table, so to speak um from the rotations for anywhere from two two weeks to 30 days however long you think you can get your kids to, to commit when i did it i asked my kids for 14 sleeps because 30 days would have seemed like too long for them um and i was able to see results in my um middle son who has eczema in that time frame although we were able to see better results um kind of at the four to six week mark so um I would say that doing it as a family and and being committed to, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to see how much better we're going to feel or, you know, whatever. And I think um, for me, there were things that we did uh, to offset or prioritize food. So instead of feeling deprived about the lack of grains or the lack of dairy, the lack of sugar, which are going to be like the most inflammatory foods, um... I focused on, okay, well, we're going to get a new game as a family and this week and after dinner, we're all going to play the game together as a family. And then maybe if you're used to, you know, sitting on the sofa, watching TV, eating popcorn after dinner, um, you're focused on a different activity and kind of changing your habits from that perspective, which I think is a lot easier when you're trying to break something like a food habit, um, so specifically, I do think uh, to answer your your question, an elimination diet is really key to improving um, what sounds like uh, probably imbalanced gut health. I don't want to, you know, give a medical diagnosis over a podcast because I don't know your family. Um, but the list of ailments that were read off and the you know heavy use of antibiotics would lead me to believe that um, there's there's some uh, dysbiosis of, of some kind. And I'm sure Sarah can, can talk about the details of that. But, um, you know, from, from my perspective, I think the more that you can, um, focus on those, those healthy habits in general and, and positive things and doing it as a family, um, it'll help you be committed if you want to do it and it'll help your child be committed, um, so that they can experience the improvement in their health as well.
1: Yeah, so um, I guess I should tackle some of the more um, technical aspects of this question. Um, eczema, it, you know, it's really hard to draw a direct link between eczema and food sensitivities. Um, and a food sensitivity is different than an Allergy. So, an allergy is when our bodies have uh, make IgE antibodies against a protein in that food, or, or what's called an antigen in a food antigen. Um, we can produce different types of antibodies against that food, um, and those are not allergies. They don't show up on allergy tests because it doesn't create histamine. Um, they're called intolerances technically, if it's an IgG or IgA or IgM antibody. Um, and then there's also other ways that we can react to foods that have nothing to do with antibody formation. And those are more broadly called food sensitivities. Um, there is some indication in the scientific literature that, um, common food intolerances, um, and they look really, they look at like the top eight allergen foods, um, are related to eczema. We know that eczema has a much higher occurrence rate in uh, kids who also have food allergies, um, and there's a lot of anecdotal evidence to suggest that, uh, like, and beyond the paleo community, right? So, you know, ditching top eight allergy foods for eczema has been a thing for decades, um, in terms of alternative care. And it's, it's often extremely effective. Um, it was actually, um, eczema along with, um, another skin condition that brought me to paleo in the first place. And I have not had eczema since my first two weeks on paleo. Um, and my kids, um, who both had patches of eczema have not had eczema since going gluten-free. Like they didn't even need to go completely paleo. So the idea of eczema being diet related is not crazy, although it's clearly also more complex than that. So the current thinking with eczema is uh, it used to be thought of as being a sort of primary immune function disorder. So the immune system is attacking the skin and it's not thought to be that anymore. It's now thought to be some kind of – Barrier abnormality or barrier dysfunction of the skin that is allowing toxins and irritants and antigens into the deeper layers of skin. So the the skin is not working very well in terms of its barrier function. So it's not working to keep what should be outside the body out and what's inside the body in. Um, And that, that. Leak, you know, it's like leaky skin. We talk about leaky gut a lot, but eczema is basically leaky skin. That's what primes the immune system, and then the immune system perpetuates the eczema patches. So it's um, thought now that dysfunctional skin barrier happens first, and then the immune reaction happens second. And dysfunctional skin barrier, you know, we can. There's certainly some genetics here, so they they have isolated. Um, a couple of gene variants that uh, affect a protein in skin called filigrin, um and, it, and affect how that filigrin forms and that that can actually increase uh, risk of eczema. And there may be some other genetics at play here. Um, but we also know, for example, that skin health is very, very tied to gut microbiome health, um, which is, you know, Stacey, you had sort of picked up on the same thing that I had is is the frequent antibiotic use. And I don't want, you know, I really want to emphasize that um, no one should feel shame at giving their kids antibiotics. Um, I've given my kids antibiotics several both of them several times since going paleo. Antibiotics uh, are a life-saving medication and there's definitely a time and place for them. We we avoid antibiotic use when it's not clearly indicated. And we do a lot of things to help recover our gut microbiomes after antibiotics. Um, But more just from a flag of, you know, frequent antibiotic use, it definitely causes a lack of biodiversity of the, of the gut microbiome. And that can be a real problem from a general health perspective and places where we see that um, is often skin. So there's, there's a direct connection between gut health and skin health. And, um, and so fixing, you know, helping to grow a, a better diversity and correcting any potential dysbiosis in the gut is is super important for dealing with eczema. And then there's also a few key nutrients that are really, really important for skin barrier health, but just, you know, barrier tissue health in general. Um, the two probably most important are vitamin A, and that's the animal form of vitamin A, retinoic acid. So we get that from organ meat, like liver and seafood, and also vitamin D. And so I think, you know, it should be a pretty easy ask to get one of um, the boys' uh, doctors to do a vitamin D check. Um, and the they usually, I think the the normal lab range is like 29 or 30 to 80 or something like that. It really – vitamin D really should be more in that sort of 50 to 60 range. So if it's down around 30, um, that's – even if they're not calling it low, that's still a good indication that um, a vitamin D supplement would be useful. And then you just want to retest because uh, too much vitamin D can also be a problem. So you don't want to be going much above 80. Um, there can be definitely problems starting once vitamin D gets around 100. So um, so vitamin A and vitamin D, which, um, you know, vitamin D we can also get from grass-fed meats and from seafood and from spending time out in the sun. Um, not everybody is great vitamin D converters, and that's where a supplement can be really helpful. Um, and generally, uh, you know, generally when people have low vitamin D, it can be very, very hard to get enough from food. So, um, so taking a supplement there is also you know, totally warranted, and you specifically want to look for a vitamin D3 supplement. So, those are two um, two nutrients that people are. I mean, almost, there's estimates that approximately 75% of Americans are deficient in vitamin D, um, something like 57% of us don't get enough uh, vitamin A, and that's even including, you know, r- what's called retinol equivalency, so that's looking at, you know, beta carotene and other carotenoids that could be converted into vitamin A, but conversion is like 5 to 6%, so it's it's actually pretty inefficient. Um And there's some other, you know, when you're talking about immune system health, zinc can be very, very important. Um, Zinc is also very good for for skin health. So there's also some minerals um, that can be very, very helpful. But zinc sort of stands out. And making sure that um, the boys are getting enough protein, um, especially glycine, which is rich in collagen. So you could be doing something like. Vital proteins, collagen peptides, which you can mix in just about any liquid, um, or making gummies with gelatin, or making homemade bone broth. Glycine is a main component of um, collagen. Um, so, that's the, that's a, you know, our skin is very, very high in collagen. That's what makes it uh, bendy. So, uh, glycine is very, very important. Um, arginine is also. Uh, important and in, in uh, collagen formation so um, you know we get arginine especially from like seafood but we can also get a good amount from nuts and seeds um, although tree nuts might want to be eliminated just because of their high allergen and um, intolerance potential and then um, glutamine can be very very helpful we also get that from broth and from meats um, but also that you can get L-glutamine in supplement form. That can be very helpful for gut barrier health, but it also can be very good for um, skin barrier health and just general repair of damaged tissues in the body. So, looking at, um, you know, part of this is looking at diet, not in terms of is it Paleo? Is it an elimination diet? But looking at it in terms of is this diet providing the nutrients that the skin needs to to have its barrier function? So, you know, are my kids, you know, are they getting enough vitamin D? Are they getting enough vitamin A? Um, Vitamin C is also very, very important for skin health and collagen deposition. So, are they getting enough vitamin C? it's surprising you think vitamin C is so easy to get and kids love fruit. So you think they must be fine, but it's actually pretty easy to be vitamin C deficient. Um, Vegetables in general. So all of the phytochemicals really, really helpful for controlling inflammation. um, But also, you know, antioxidants um, can be very, very helpful for barrier function for skin. Um, So looking at those things, I think make a lot of sense. So, Looking at the elimination side and cutting out triggers, paleo is an elimination diet, and especially if you look at the autoimmune protocol, that's like taking paleo to like the pinnacle of elimination diet status. Um, but then also looking at the, the just the nutrition that your kids are getting. So are they, you know, it's, it's not necessarily easy to, you can't make kids usually live in onions, but you can't hide liver from them. So, you know, are there sneaky ways that you can get more nutrition into their diet? That can make a huge, huge difference.
0: So I would add that what can be really helpful to explain to children too is that this elimination period won't necessarily need to be forever. Um, because once we got Finn's eczema stabled and he wasn't having big um, inflammatory patches, It then enabled us to be able to reintroduce some foods. So, for example, rice is not a problem for him. Um, But um, we also know that there are some foods that if he so much as gets it on his skin um, and, you know, has more than a couple of bites, that it's going to cause him to... Start to get kind of pink around the mouth, which is the warning signs of eczema reapproaching for him. Because um, he he gets it first on his face, but then he used to have whole body eczema. He also has not had full body eczema since we originally went paleo. But when he goes through periods where he eats a lot of tomatoes, or he'll eat corn, or he'll eat other things that I don't eat because I know that they cause me problems. He and I have the same. Uh, skin and inflammatory, uh, issues, I notice that it starts to pop up in him. And so the answer to your question is how do I talk to my kids about this? Um, you know, for me, Finn, Finn started paleo when he was two and a half and he didn't know what was happening really. But, um, now he knows that, um, you know, he wants gluten-free treats. He wants popcorn. He wants to eat gluten-free pizza like his brothers. He wants, because it has tomato and cheese on it. um, Those kinds of food cause much more issues for him than they do in, let's say, his father and his brothers. So, um, you know, I find ways to talk to him about it and we find alternatives. Um, He really likes honey mustard instead of, Ketchup now, um, or he'll even sometimes use mayonnaise as a dipping condiment, <laughs> like if that's the only option. Um, and I think you know, it it allows me to have a conversation with him when I see him. Um, be responding to those kinds of foods by saying, okay, this is a food that's really causing your body harm. It's hurting you. It's making your skin dry and itchy. If you continue to eat these, you're going to have problems. Let's try to, you know, not eat any of these foods for a week and see if we can get your skin to be better. Um, the other thing that we haven't really talked about that I think would be helpful when you feel like we've addressed all of the inside stuff is there are some outside solutions, um, topical mm-hmm. treatments for the skin that have also been really helpful for for him um, and for me as well because I have really sensitive skin. Um, I don't necessarily have eczema, but I do think that when you're talking about treatments and you're especially talking about getting to a point where you know. Um, there's antibiotics involved because it's an infection. Are you talking about, you know, with Finn, there were steroid creams and whatever. Um, it's really helpful for me now to be able to, you know, have an arsenal of products that help when I see things starting to come on that I know will reduce inflammation or will will not kind of shock his, his body from the kind of um, ingredients that might be in a product.
1: Yeah. So um, before we – I think that's a really good – place to wrap up. But before we go there, I wanted to um, elaborate a little bit on the gut health connection, just from a like, how do you implement that part at home? So the two factors that have the fastest and strongest corrective influence on what bacterial strains are growing in the gut one is eating a lot of vegetables and fruit um but so you know diet rich rich in fruit and vegetables which is something that you're going to do with paleo but it's also something that you can do on your way to paleo so as you you know say hey we're we're, we're gonna do uh we're gonna like with my kids we did gluten-free first and then we did uh, we did gluten and legumes legumes was not a hard thing for my family to to get rid of. We didn't eat a ton of them beforehand. Um, So we kind of gluten-free and then grain-free and then dairy-free while also giving up things like sugars. You know, my oldest already reacted terribly to to food diets. That was already not a thing we did. So there was little bits and pieces we didn't have to work very hard to do. Um, But as you're implementing the elimination diet part with kids, which I think um, it depends on your kids, like, you know, Stacy was able to just say, "Hey, 14 sleeps with my kids. We did it in bits and pieces." And so it really depends on the personalities and ages that you're dealing with. But um, but eating more vegetables can be like a concurrent step, right? Like, hey, we're going to try gluten free, but we're also going to try and eat, you know, more broccoli and carrots, right? <laughs> like that's, you know, it's it's not um, it's not usually that hard of a thing for to be able to implement with kids. So there's lots of ways of cooking vegetables that can appeal to different kid palates um so a lot of vegetable intake so it's specifically the fiber from fruits and vegetables that are corrective and also um, omega-3 fatty acids so we there's something about um eating a lot of it's eat, basically eating a lot of fish eating a lot of seafood um, even potentially in the beginning phases doing a, a fish oil supplement there's ones that you can get um that are like a flavored fish oil that you just Take off a spoon. The one that I have used before that's good quality is called Nutri-C, That you know Whole Foods carries it, but so do lots of like supplement stores. Um, so even doing fish oil for like a month just to to get on top of it can be very very helpful. And there's separate studies showing that fish oil supplementation can be helpful in eczema. So that's a whole other separate thing. But um, uh, omega threes have a really strong corrective influence on gut bacteria. So fat seems to affect them based it sort of affects the environment so we know for example that really high saturated fat intake grows undesirable strains for example can can increase growth of uh, gram negative bacteria like e coli um and not that saturated fat is bad it's just that high saturated fat intake is bad so um, saturated fat really needs to be moderated you know hunter gatherers got about 13 percent of their calories from saturated fat um And then high omega-3s can be very, very helpful for correcting gut microbiome. And there's actually studies that show that like two weeks of fish oil by itself and no other changes to the diet improves the composition and diversity of the gut microbiome. So when you can combine that with eating more vegetables, that has the potential to be extremely powerful. And then also seeing where you can add either a probiotic or, you know, when you get something like a raw sauerkraut that has way more strains of, of probiotic bacteria in it than any supplement. So, um, like the most amazing, impressive supplements now are like 20 strains. Most that you can get just at a regular store would be between one and say eight strains. Uh, sauerkraut has like 650 strains. So just <laughs> a little comparison about that. Um, but you can try things like kombucha. Um, you can try things like water kefir, um, you know, those are actually much easier for me to get my kids to consume. They like kombucha, they like um, water kefir, they don't like sauerkraut. Um, but there's definitely some overlap in the strains. Kombucha and kefir also have um, some beneficial yeast strains, um, so that that can be very helpful as well. So where you can add some kind of fermented foods or a probiotic to be able to basically re-inoculate the gut with good bacteria can be very, very helpful. And a lot of probiotics, the capsules, you can even open them up. And sprinkle the powder on food, or sprinkle it into a you know a glass of of juice or, or something to get your kids to to consume it. So, um, so those are the the big tricks with gut health that can also sort of be done concurrently while tackling eliminations.
0: The other one I would add is my kids really like the Bubby's pickles and the Bubby's relish, mm-hmm. um, which you can buy. Whole Foods at, has it. At almost most grocery stores that I shop at, at least. Um, there's I've seen usually... The, I've seen the sauerkraut in Kroger, but I haven't seen the other bubbies. And the the other important thing to consider when Sarah says sauerkraut is it needs to be refrigerated with active and live cultures. Or or um, it'll say strains or, you know, there may, might be different words. But if you're buying the kind that's like bagged on the shelf, it no longer has um, the, the live Yeah. If it, it
1: says pasteurized on it, put it back. That's not... That's just, it's just fancy cabbage. Yeah. It's not, it's not got live good
0: stuff in it. Um, I don't recommend this for eczema because I find uh, dairy to be a highly inflammatory food for people with skin issues. But yogurt is another source. If your family's eating high quality dairy, which we talked about on the last podcast, um, can be a place to um, find There's also
1: coconut milk yogurt is getting easier to find. Yeah, that's true. Coconut and almond milk yogurt. And almond milk yogurt. I mean, they usually have. um, There's a lot of sugars. Yeah, they have sugars, and they usually have kind of cruddy emulsifiers, and you know they have like seven different bean extracts or whatever. But but, uh, you know, it's and you can also make coconut milk yogurt at home relatively easily. It's not that hard. Although it's a pain in the butt, um, but um, it's not hard. It's just that it takes like ten hours. That's all. That's all. Well, I think uh, if
0: someone's jumping into paleo, it's a lot to ask them to make right their to own make your own milk milk yogurt. yogurt and I, natural starters and all that kind of stuff. So
1: I think that um, you know, buying a coconut milk yogurt, even if it's got more sugar in it than you would normally want, and even though it's got some emulsifiers that are not great as a here's what I can get that has probiotics into my kid and here's what we can do that is a stepping stone towards paleo. Like I think that's fine. And my kids um, will go through phases where they really want yogurt. And I'm like, you know, their diet is so clean. Otherwise I tend not to worry about the like one item that they have
0: that's maybe slightly suboptimal. Do you know what I mean? I agree. That's uh, that whole idea of transition. And I did – Write a book on that if uh, people who are listening are trying to jump in. Um, Real Life Paleo does address that, that slower transition and kind of worse defenders. But for me, I would say with the specific experience I have with Finn, his trigger foods, for what it's worth, are dairy and nightshades. Um, he responds to popcorn, but in a different sort of way, uh, corn in general. Um, but in a different sort of way. So I don't know if that's eczema related, but his eczema flares um, if he eats a lot of dairy or a lot of nightshades. So those are the two that when you're prioritizing, if you have a skin condition, um, those are the two that we immediately pull back um, significantly or remove, uh, not significantly, we remove entirely when he starts to show signs of flaring. I don't eat um, nightshades at all. And I only eat Um, very limited high fat, like heavy cream, uh, dairy, unless it's like a special occasion or, or treat or something like that, because I too have very sensitive skin. So just FYI.
1: So why don't we wrap up with some natural skincare products that we've both found to be very, very helpful for sensitive skin?
0: Cool. So, um, I used to use the, um, beauty balm shoot why can't i remember the name the green past green pastures green pastures then there was all this kinds of drama about what kind of oils were being used in it and all that kind of stuff but i would say if you've got some of that if you're a listener and you already have it um that did help his um eczema he didn't like it however so it wasn't super helpful because he would refuse to put it on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> uh, he does really like just plain coconut oil. We have like, um, a jar with, it's a glass jar with a tin lid that we saved over from like olives or something, um, that he puts his coconut oil in and he leaves it in the bathroom or in his bedroom and he'll put coconut oil on his dry skin um but it smells like coconut oil. So that did work and that might be something that you have already laying around your house. Um but the products that he uses that he likes the best right now are actually both from Beauty Counter, um which is like the natural skincare brand that our family has been using and loving. Um there's something called a soothing baby oil and um it's not regular baby oil which um has all kinds of weird oils and sometimes petroleum and stuff like that in it. It's, it's a mineral based oil and it's not fragranced. So I think that's why he likes that one the most. I think it serves the exact same purpose as the beauty balm and the coconut oil, except it just, it doesn't have any fragrance to it. Um, And then there's, uh, we've started him on using the baby product line from Beauty Counter. So like when he takes a shower, his brothers use something different, but he uses the baby line because he has sensitive skin. Um, And I also use the baby soothing oil um, to remove my makeup. So I'm putting it on every single day as well. And I also use it um, if I have like dry patches on my skin or something like that.
1: So I have a different collection of products that I have really fallen in love with for eczema. And also my um, seven-year-old will periodically get issues with keratosis polaris, which is a slightly different skin condition. The mechanisms behind it are a little bit different. But I have found um, that the same sort of skin products that work well for um, my skin issues and my kid's skin issues – work really well for for that um so one is um, actually there's a company called the eczema company um and they do some you know natural fats you know tallow and olive oil type you know tallow balms and then they also have um a product that has um beeswax and manuka honey in it that's a really really lovely thick soothing cream and there's actually some separate research to show that Manuka honey can be therapeutic for, for eczema. And they've actually, they spend a lot of time researching their ingredients, um, specifically for eczema. Um, the other company that does products that are designed to be really healing and soothing, um, that you are actually I got think two other companies that use a lot of things like emu oil which is known to be very helpful tamanu oil um jojoba shea butter and these are these are actually all um you know oils and fats that have a fair amount of of scientific literature behind them so um one is dragonfly traditions which does some really nice um, moisturizers hand creams um and the other one is um uh, uh, buffalo gal, um, which is actually, her farm is local to me in Atlanta. And, um, and she also does, you know, she's got a really nice one that's designed for eczema that has uh, her buffalo tallow, but also has emu oil and I think a couple of other ingredients. So um, I have generally found that the uh, sort of natural, nutrient-rich um, plant, and a lot of these plant oils have, so the the animal oils like emu oil and tallow have vitamin A and vitamin D in them, which is one of the reasons why it's so helpful for for skin barrier health. Um, and a lot of the plant oils are really really high in phytochemicals, which is why they're so good for skin health. Um, but they also have some really interesting like triterpenes, which um, are known to improve you know skin elasticity and help with a lot of these are uh, have chemical. Compounds in them that are highly anti-inflammatory, that speed wound healing, um, you know, that improve skin barrier health, and those are all things that you you want when you're putting something on eczema. So it's sort of um, it's super crunchy granola. Um, but those are the the products that um, you know like I actually you know they're the ones that I have in my car, in my purse, on every bathroom counter, on my desk, in the kitchen, right those those are the companies that I have um, you know their their collection of products all over the place. Um, and I usually just reach for whatever's closest, but they've been um, very, very, very good for all of our skin.
0: Cool. So I think the only other thing that I would mention to you is, um, to consider cleaning products and, um, like detergents and stuff like that. It sounded like there was more body eczema going on. Um, so you might want to consider looking at some cleaner options for that sort of stuff as well, just because harsh chemicals in general can be irritating on people with sensitive skin. So as you start to heal from the inside out, it will also alleviate the stress on the body and the skin if you can you know alleviate it uh, on the outside as well um, and I just want to totally back up what Sarah was saying about collagen and different kind of supplements um, that could potentially um, speed up the process and that's something you can put in anything anybody drinks without having any sort of residue or flavor some people tell me that they can taste it but I think it's just in their head I think if they
1: uh, it seems get- to be like Tasters and non-tasters. Um, I, you know, like I put collagen in my tea and in my coffee. Generally, um, I, I think I can t- if I put it in just plain water. I think I can taste it. Do you ever yeah, put I it guess, in just water? No,
0: no, I would never put it in plain water. That's weird. Yeah. If people are doing that, then maybe that's why. But like, you can put it in tea. You can put it in a smoothie. You can put it in your coffee. I've put it in just about anything, and I can't taste it. I would not have put it in just plain water, but, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, focusing on, um, just getting in as much nutrients to help heal the gut is going to be the best thing. And then once you're at a point where you're seeing, you know, improvement in stability and, um, gut health in general, you'll, you'll know because you'll, you won't have Infections, um, whether they be, you know, ear infections or skin or or whatever, I think that um, I kind of take for granted that I've had the benefit of my kids. I think all three of my kids have only ever gone on antibiotics twice, um, and and that's crazy town. <laughs> like I have a, a you know, a twelve year old, a nine year old, and a um, seven year almost twelve year old, nine year old, and seven year old, and so. For me to say, in all those years, we've only ever purchased antibiotics for the kids twice. You know, I I I have to give a lot of credit to their guts and their immune systems because I know that their their friends are not um, as lucky. So I was I just was like rooting for um, gut gut health as I read that question because I knew immediately that um, there was definitely a food intolerance from what I was hearing as well as um, some gut issues. So wish you all the luck in, um, in improving that situation.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think I would just end on, um, you know, these types of skin conditions, you know, the, the body has to heal pretty substantially internally before it prioritizes resources for the skin. So skin can often be a slower responder than other health issues when making dietary changes. So remember that there's a lot of areas where you can tinker um, and that also, you know, patients can definitely be very very helpful, but there's of thousands of people out there who have been able to completely cure eczema with diet. So um, don't, you know, don't be afraid to to jump in and, and start working on it because it can be incredibly powerful.
0: All right. Well, I feel like we have tackled this from as many angles as we possibly could. And I feel like um, hopefully they're armed with information to take back to the family and and get their health on track. And I know that there will be a lot of listeners who, you know, they themselves or a family member has eczema. It's one of the most common, um, Mm. issues that I hear about from, you know, my audience and people that I meet in person. So, um, Hopefully it was helpful. And we can put links in the show notes to some of the products that we've recommended. And obviously, if you purchase through those links, we get a small portion of it, which helps us pay for things like this free podcast, which does not have any advertisers on it. Um, So we appreciate any support that you give us. And, uh, for the fact that you hung in this long, cause we gave you an option to, to dip out at the beginning
1: and you're still here. So true. Thanks. We for totally, that. we totally gave people that out at the beginning of the show. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening and we'll be back with something special next week. Thank you for listening to the Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. That was my That was my energy, and it is gone now. And I have to – tomorrow morning is the author's fourth-grade author's tea at 7.20 in the morning Aww. at the school. So I just realized we totally forgot to RSVP for the potluck aspect. I was like, I guess that means we're not bringing anything. Darn. It's, like, the whole fourth grade. I'm sure if, like, one family doesn't bring stuff, it's going to be fine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't, like, keep tabs on that stuff and kick you out, too. (laughs) I'm pretty pretty sure I have done enough amazing stuff for this school lately. I I, I just judged the invention convention for the third graders. I don't even have a third grader. (laughs) And I judged the invention convention for the entire third grade. I was, like, they had five judges three of them were um uh county school employees and then two parents they were able to get i was like all right it's fine totally fine it's good they they at least provided coffee bribe me with coffee i'll do it anytime <laughs> okay this is now me talking because i'm too tired to stop talking